Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Thanks for downloading the Probably True podcast. If you're enjoying it, please consider supporting the podcast at probablytrue.com. You can click on the link that sends you to Patreon or just go straight to patreon.com forward slash probablytrue. Oh, also, if you have a Google Home device, you can say, Hey Google, play the Probably True podcast, and it will. Right. No, Google, hey Google, stop. Shush. Hey Google, shut up. Oh, blimey. You're listening to the award winning Probably True. Please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes. It would be boring otherwise. Do you ever find yourself realising that the best bit of an experience is often the anticipation, the build-up, the run-up, rather than the experience itself? I've felt like that about sex for a while now, to be honest. That might be because living in a big city can be a bit like working in a cake shop. There's all these tasty treats just laying around, waiting to be tasted, all moist and with sponge that's all springy but yielding to the touch, and you just want to run your tongue slowly down... Sorry, I lost my train of thought a bit there. So, yeah, for me, a lot of the fun and the excitement is in the build-up. It's very easy to get all up in your head during the actual shagging, and you could be thinking about the wrong things, like your parents, or your grandparents, or literally anything. Oh god, I've just ruined sex for the next month for myself, haven't I? Or even overthinking the right things, like, are they having a good time? Is the rhythm okay? What am I doing wrong? Is that right? Should this be happening like this? Rather than just enjoying everything that's happening and really going with the flow of the whole experience. There's nothing worse than an awkward shag where you're both just kind of slightly scowling at each other and just grimly going for it in the hope that one of you will come soon. Not because it's awful and you wish it were over, but just because you're not feeling it as much as you thought you would. It's never like in the movies, is it? You know, all that... Gentle lighting and quiet gasping as tender loving happens between two people who are staring into one another's eyes. There's never the awkward pause in proceedings while someone rummages in the bedside table for a condom, struggles with a wrapper and then fiddles it into place, grabs the lube which obviously goes everywhere, and all the while the other one's laid there with his ankles in his hands just kind of going dum de doo I always find small talk a bit weird at that point too. It's not like you can be all, so are you going anywhere nice for your holidays? It's easier if they're on all fours, of course, because then you can just slide a magazine in front of their face or offer them a selection of hot and cold beverages while you're rummaging around and sorting everything out back there. Although I don't like to start off on all fours like that. It feels a bit impersonal. Besides, during the first minute or so, it's best off face-to-face while you get everything right and you get used to each other being there. One of my lovers plays a lot of computer games and he refers to that as the tutorial stage. Like with any new game where you have to take a minute or two to work out what does what and how all the different moves might work and if you're going to go for combos and things like that. It's much harder to do that while someone's enjoying a hot beverage. If you get the angle wrong or you're a bit too enthusiastic too early on, they might spit green tea all up the window. What the fuck was I talking about? (laughs) Oh yeah, the build-up being important. I guess it's a 
context thing. Like, you know, when a nice restaurant offers a delivery service so you can have the great food that you love to eat, but in your own home. Only then, as it slides out of the plastic packaging and plops onto the plate to sit staring sadly up at you, do you realise how much the experience of the nice restaurant helps you to enjoy it. Maybe you're dressed up, by which I mean put some clothes on. You had to go there, you know, and there'd be a professionally charming waiter. You'd have a glass of wine, maybe. Good lighting, a nice table. All of that adds to the experience. Rather than sitting in a dressing gown in your scruffy kitchen, staring down at the pathetic lumps on your non-matching plates, thinking, can't believe how much I pay for this. Christ, that's depressing. I can't remember where I was going with this. Oh, yeah, sex is often better with the context of a date or flirting or just the fizz of meeting a hot guy in a bar or whatever. Not necessarily because it might lead to something more, but because there's more to it than just ordering it from your phone and remembering to put a dressing gown on when you open the door. It's about self-respect. If occasionally you want to be just a dick looking to shoot or a willing hole ready for someone to chuck a load up, then fine on occasion. It can be fun to play those roles occasionally. Just make sure it's not the only thing you're doing because it's the only thing you know how to do. Any sex where you come away feeling anything less than fulfilled is sex where you might not be respecting yourself. And if you don't respect yourself, your sex partners aren't going to be the kind of people who are going to respect you either. And that's a really bad thing. Like I say, on occasion, playing the horny cockpig or the willing cum slut can be really hot as long as it is just playing a role and not the only way you know how to have sex. A sex life that only acknowledged your knob or your bum would be like having a diet that was only McDonald's. You know, that shit isn't even food. Respect yourself enough to have great sex, however and whenever you want it, and make sure that you're being respected by the people that you have sex with. And if not, don't have sex with them. It is that simple. It's better to not have sex with anyone than to be with people who don't respect you. A good example of this is being out at a club and any guy you fancy not being interested in you. That sucks, and we've all been there, especially when I was at university and I was going through my hairy, angry phase. But the thing to do at that point is never just to snog a minger that you don't fancy because at least he's into you. Believe me on that one. This is the McDonald's option again. It might seem like a good idea at the time, but you will feel manky in the morning. I remember the first person I ever met off Grinder. Yes, fuck off, it was a long time ago. Shut up when I was still learning all of this myself, and he was a complete dickhead. He was an expert on everything, and always happy to interrupt the story I was telling so he could tell his own, and just generally preferred the sound of his own voice to anyone else's. And yes, I am aware that I'm telling you this on a podcast that I produce entirely by myself. This is different for reasons that I'm sure I could think of if I put my mind to it, but shush now, I'm talking. So yeah, we ended up going back to his. I told myself it was because I wanted to get something out of the evening, even though it had been totally annoying and just bad up to this point. But mostly it was because I didn't want my first grinder meet to have been a complete dud. Because grinders are all about meeting sexy guys for sexy times, and if I didn't get some sex from this grinder guy, then what did this say about me? I thought it would make me feel like a failure as a gay. So rather than having any kind of self-respect, I just went back to his with him. I nipped to the toilet for a wee and a quick freshen up. You know, always wash your penis before expecting anyone to put it in their mouth, boys. Not rocket science. When I got back to the bedroom, he was already laid on his bed naked. He didn't want to kiss or cuddle or anything. He just wanted his dick sucked. I'm not exaggerating. He actually pulled a pillow over his face when I tried to kiss him. And that was the point when I saw what was happening. 
I was here with this disinterested and entirely uninteresting man that I wasn't in any way attracted to. As he laid there with a pillow over his face so he wouldn't have to look at me, expecting me to service his needs without any thought for mine. And I realised why. Because I hadn't respected myself enough to say, well, this was awful, goodbye, two hours earlier. He'd picked up on that, and now I was expected to give him this miserable BJ and be grateful for the opportunity. Once all this had started to click in my head, I got up, grabbed my coat, and walked out without saying a word. I like to think he's still laying there right now, wondering what's taking me so long to get started. Although, probably not, as this was almost a decade ago, so you'd think he'd have got the hint by now. So, yeah, respect yourself enough to know when going home alone is better than the alternative. Because if you don't respect yourself, no one else will. And if you're out in a club or a bar and there's no one you fancy who's interested in you, then when those voices start to bubble up saying, oh, you're so unattractive, the only guy here who'll have you is that minger over there, everyone else thinks you're disgusting, then just respond with, shush you, if the hotties in this place are fine with missing out on the brilliance what is me, then that's their loss. I am tremendous, and I deserve better than just hooking up with a minger because he's the only guy here who'll have me. And then walk out with your head held high. Just remember to actually say those things in your own head and not out loud, because things get a bit awkward otherwise. This was Probably True, the award-winning storytelling series written and produced by me, the award-winning Scott Flashheart. If you liked what you've heard, you could share it with your friends, leave a positive iTunes review, and sign up at probablytruepodcast.com. If you didn't like it, you can find me on Twitter as UnlikelyLad. Come at me, bro. Okay, so thanks for listening. I think I'm going to have a little break for a while, so you're not going to get a new episode until probably the end of January in the new year. Not giving up forever, I just need a little rest and some hibernation time and just a little time off. You can still reach me at UnlikelyLad on Twitter or in the Probably True Facebook group or just by emailing hello at probablytruepodcast.com. So yeah, I think it's time to hibernate. Hey Google, wake me up in February. Shut your mouth. Shall we? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.